a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave's X Media. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the presses. So I didn't originally plan for this episode to be in memoriam of someone, but it turns out actor Leslie Phillips, voice of the sorting hat in the Harry Potter films, dies at 98 years old. Leslie Phillips passed away yesterday. It honestly never occurred to me that the sorting hat was had an actor. What a legend. Seems like he passed peacefully in a sleep of old age. Our hearts go out to his friends and family. And Leslie, this one's for you. In times of old, when I was new and Hogwarts barely started, the founders of our noble school thought never to be parted. United by a common goal, they had the selfsame yearning to make the world's best magic school and pass along their learning. So how could it have gone so wrong? How could such friendships fail? Why, I was there so I can tell the whole sad, sorry tale. Said Slytherin will teach just those whose ancestry's purest. Said Ravenclaw will teach those whose intelligence is surest. Said Gryffindor will teach all those with brave deeds to their name. Said Hufflepuff, I'll teach the lot and treat them just the same. So Hogwarts worked in harmony for several happy years, but then discord crept among us, feeding on our faults and fears. The houses that, like Pillars 4, had once held up our school, now turned upon each other and divided, sought to rule. And for a while it seemed the school must meet an early end, what with dueling and with fighting and the clash of friend on friend. And at last there came a morning when old Slytherin departed, and though the fighting then died out, he left us quite downhearted. And never since the Founders Four were whittled down to three have the houses been united as they once were meant to be. And now the Sorting Hat is here and you all know the score. I sort you into houses because that is what I'm for. Though I must fulfill my duty and must quarter every year, still I wonder whether sorting may not bring the end I fear. Oh, know the perils, read the signs, the warning history shows... For our Hogwarts is in danger from external deadly foes. And we must unite inside her or we'll crumble from within. I have told you. I have warned you. Let the sorting now begin. Welcome to the Restricted Section, the super trans rights Harry Potter book club, Harry Potter slander podcast. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 11, The Sorting Hat's New Song. The Sorting Hat song isn't the only thing that's new. Harry's peers at Hogwarts also have some shitty new attitudes. Hogwarts also has a shitty new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher and a new Care of Magical Creatures teacher who's actually, like, pretty cool. Welcome to the Restricted section. I'm sure we're going to be very good friends. My co-host <laughs> today is nearly headless Mary Clay. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Clay. Hello to the listeners, Mary Clay. 
And I'm extremely excited to be welcoming back an old dear friend as our special guest this week, fan favorite, Danny. Say hello to the listeners, Danny. Hey, everybody. Here to claim, uh, keep my title as fan favorite, hopefully. You truly are very beloved by our listeners. I think because, you know, the very first episode that you ever came on was entitled JK Rowling is canceled in obviously summer of 2020. And I think that that sort of set a tone for both you as a guest and us as a podcast that has done nothing but good things for us and um, the community discourse. So thank you again for your wonderful emotional labor with us on that episode. (laughs) Anytime. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, You've also been on the show uh, Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 7, Mud, Bloods, and Murmurs in August 2020, Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 15, The Quidditch Final, March 2021, Goblet of Fire, Chapter 14, The Unforgivable Curses in November 2021, and Goblet of Fire, the very last chapter, uh, the beginning in May of this year. Um, And that episode, I remember texting you, Danny, and I was like, hey, man, uh, hey, bud, hey, good friend of mine, uh, I need you to come on for the most depressing chapter in the entire series. Um, It's really, it's really a bummer, and I need you to help. That uh, yeah, that was a bummer of a chapter, but we made it fun. I remember fondly uh, screaming, "My boy!" with um, uh, (laughs) you and uh, yeah, Yeah. and Mary Peyton. It was awesome. Yeah, to this very day, (laughs) to Cedric, that's my boy. My boy. That's my boy. (laughs) Wow, you're like a little too good at it, Mary Clay. (laughs) I know. And that was holding back because of like vocal cords. Right, I didn't yeah, want to peak my audio. I didn't want to annoy my neighbors. <laughs> Mary Claire, are you drinking anything this evening? I'm actually having a lovely little treat, which <gasps> I've been doing recently. And it's literally just fruit punch. Oh, <laughs> but I love it. Sometimes I like I don't want water. I don't want soda. I don't want a LaCroix or anything, but like I want something with flavor and I just want like I'm a child, like I'm a five year old and just wants a juice box. I'm like, I just want some juice. Good for you. And so I um, bought like a pack of there. There's supposed to be like individual packets for like when you go on a field trip and you have like a water bottle, like a full water bottle and you pour those. But because I didn't want to I have a very tiny fridge. And so I didn't want to take up a bunch of space with some fruit punch, which like literally I'll have like a few sips and that's all I need to quench my thirst. Well, and the Hawaiian punch <laughs> comes in those like fucking like gallon jugs. Yeah, they're, they're massive. Gigantic. So it's completely I just keep like a, a Tervis cup in the fridge with. What um, the fuck is a Tervis cup? Thank you. You know, asking. the clear plastic, <laughs> uh, a clear plastic insulated cup. It's tall. Um, it has like a colorful top on it, and uh, the I don't, I I don't think you. I ever knew how that was pronounced. Yeah, I probably would have just called it a tumbler right? or a tumbler. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a, well, a, a Tervis tumbler, whatever. I see. I got oh. you. Um, yeah, and you and the other thing is that when you mix it yourself, you can add as much or as little water as you want because it'll be like oh, 16 ounces per packet, and it's like super concentrated. So I'll usually get like 
20 out. This is very detailed. <laughs> I appreciate it. It is, and I love punch. it. But it's just been like a nice, it's just a fun little treat for me every now and then where I'm like, oh, I just really want some, I just really want some juice like out of a sippy cup, <laughs> basically. I wish I had a sippy cup. <laughs> no, good for you. Uh, whenever Life I go drink, whenever I go drinking or like have parties at my house, I drink my beverages out of uh, my very specific pink cup with a lid and a straw um like it's basically a sippy cup it has unicorns yeah. on it because otherwise i just will forget which drink is mine and this halloween party we had at my house was no exception i did not use the pink cup i was in my own home and i i think i opened like six cores that i just immediately abandoned um and in case you're wondering i'm drinking a cores right now <laughs> all right also we, yeah. have a, we have a pretty strict no eating rule in this podcast but it is the day after halloween so if you hear some of this it's M&M's. I'm eating M&M's. <laughs> I love M&M's. Um, when I left your house, Christina, on Saturday, obviously I was very inebriated. And sure, sure. <laughs> apparently. And you got an I, Uber, right? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Ubered um, home and everything. Good influence, even if we're a bad influence. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I spent the entire the next day regretting everything. <laughs> it was bad. It was not good. It was not a good situation. Well, Haley's birthday party this upcoming weekend will be a much milder version of. What yes, we did I think last so. Week. Anyway, apparently when I left, I grabbed a handful from that uh, candy bowl and just like threw it in my purse. Oh, you should have taken more. We have so much left, and we don't get. <laughs> and any then the next day, here. I like go to. Um, or not my purse, my like tote bag that I had with me because I had like a Tupperware that had some baked goods oh, in yeah, it that I good. brought, and. The next day I go to like unpack this tote bag that had like all this random shit in it. And I'm like, M&M's? <laughs> Yay, what a <laughs> I'm like, what a fun surprise. <laughs> Danny, are you drinking anything right now? I'm a basic bitch and um, I oh have... God. Um, yes. Uh, so that's what I've got. There's no um, shame in it. <laughs> I was kind of joking. That and my, you know, uh, vape is at my side. So, oh, you know. That's what um, I forgot. Um, oh, oh yeah. I'm later. prepared. Danny, how was your Halloween? I know that for the listeners, it was now a full week and a half ago. But how was your Halloween? <laughs> my Halloween was good. Um, I did dress up as Scooby-Doo at work, which was cool. I have a full Scooby-Doo onesie. <laughs> uh, it has a tail and everything. It's beautiful. I love it. I actually wear it to bed sometimes when I'm especially cold. I love Yes, that. the tail gets in my way when I sleep. <laughs> um, but it's 100% worth it. And yeah, I dressed up as Scooby-Doo. Uh, everyone got a kick out of it. I joked that I was going to sit on my porch and tell trick-or-treaters, sorry, I'm out of candy, as I was eating candy and proceeded <laughs> to give them apples. But I decided I really didn't want my car keyed or my right. windshield yeah, smashed. Yeah, the kids are vicious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to not do that as funny as it would be. Okay. I'll, I, I support and respect your decision to give children candy. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That sounds very cute. Uh, for, uh, at our Halloween party, Sean's best friend, who is typically a very masculine man, came dressed up as Daphne from, from yes. Scooby-Doo and his girlfriend was Velma. And that was a very cute outfit. 
Oh my God. I love it. I've always known velvet was uh, velvet. Uh, <laughs> velvet is my cat's name. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I've always known Velma was a lesbian deep in my oh, little yeah, gay heart. Yeah. So I'm very happy. Well, in this guy, um, Gordon, he, as I mentioned, he's pretty traditionally masculine. He has uh, what I would consider to be a masculine haircut. And he went to go buy himself like a feminine hair accoutrement. Um, to indicate that he was playing a woman and he came back with like a monster claw clip and his girlfriend was like hey baby what are you gonna do with this do that so she loaned him a headband and he just like clipped it onto the headband and he was wearing it like a bow somehow i missed this well mary clay sean was up in his like De- like King's Den, and he was only receiving visitors. He didn't really come down <laughs> to the party, so I'm sure Gordon was, was up. only receiving visitors. Speaking of Scooby Doo, my Halloween, I decided to watch. I, I was like, oh, I need to watch some kind of Halloween movie, but I don't want to. I don't want to watch a horror movie. I don't want to be scared. Um, and so I just looked on Netflix, and they have both of the live action Scooby Doo's on there. Oh yeah, and they do. I asked my friend, should I watch? One or two, and they all said, obviously two. So I watched two, Scooby-Doo, Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> and the scene, I posted a, a TikTok, if anyone listening follows me. The scene where Fred, like, jousts with the Black Knight, but he's on a motorcycle. I, like, all of a sudden yeah. remembered, I was like, wow, I thought this was the hot, the peak of attractiveness when I was a child. This was incredibly <laughs> hot. <laughs> I love that, and uh, oddly enough, um, I also watched a Scooby-Doo movie on Halloween. You know, maybe my onesie inspired it, but I also was just speaking with my nephews a couple days prior, and we were talking about Scooby-Doo, and so I wanted to watch an old Scooby-Doo movie that I used to watch a lot as a kid. We had it on, you know, VHS tape. It was back when Shaggy wore a red shirt for all those oh, I remember, yeah. Scooby-Doo fans out there. Oh, yeah. So um, I went to Amazon Prime and I spent, you know, a whole $2 to rent Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School from way back mm. in the day. It was amazing. Loved every second of it. 10 out of 10 would do again. So we're here today to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 11, The Sorting Hat's new song. So weird. It has a new song every year. But I guess this year it's really special, isn't it? <laughs> this one has scare- has some like spooky vibes. It has scare tactics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clear warning signs. Y'all better shape up. I swear to God. You better shape up. Because I, I need a school. <laughs> that too. The lady that I nanny for, like, went upstairs to take a shower, and I heard her music, and I was like, why does this sound so familiar? And I, like, went to the bottom of the stairs, and I was like, mm, it's La Vie Bowen from Rent, very yes. specifically. Yeah, I'm, like, vividly, I'm intimately familiar with this song. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> They just got to school. Um, they're, they're like riding up to school. Harry is stressed. He's stressed. <laughs> what is he not though in this book? <laughs> well, he's very That's specifically fair. stressed about the stress rules. <laughs> is that a good joke? Should I keep doing it? No. The festrals. Oh, um, I didn't okay. get that. I was like, I'm a just bad gonna joke. smile a bad and joke. nod. Harry Clay had no idea. There you go. Um, I mean, he and Luna were the only ones seeing him. I, I get it. That stressed me out too. I just, uh, 
I yes. love that introduction to this character, Luna, just go, you're just as sane as I am. And you're like, oh, great. <laughs> I've lost it. I think wow. that's what makes this scene just so amazing, you know? Yes. I, I just, uh I love Luna. 10 out of 10. Uh, anyway. She is a great character. <laughs> I wish this book had a little bit more for her, but that's fine. So they're also stressed about uh, Hagrid. Where is Hagrid? They go to the school. They go to the Great Hall. Hagrid is still not there at the staff table or anything. Like maybe he like broke his leg or something and he couldn't do the first year thing. But he's still at the table. Nope. He's not there. But you know who is there? Grubbly Umbridge. Plank. Oh, well, yeah, Grubbly Plank, too. I read that and I was like, I can't believe I just accepted this as a person's name as a child. Like, yep, Grubbly Plank, got it, moving on. Also, question, I don't know, several questions for the group. In my memory, I thought reading the books, Grubbly Plank was a man, but in this book, they say she, so she is... Given what we know about the author, it's definitely a woman. Oh my god, she's <laughs> trans. No, yes. definitely not. I do believe in the in one of the in the third movie when we're introduced to the idea of Hagrid being the the teacher. Dumbledore says like Grubbly Plank is retiring to spend time with his remaining limbs. No, different teacher. That's a different teacher. Okay, and then also. In the Hogwarts mystery game, is that what it was called on everyone's phone? Yeah. Christina, you guys at Brandy Lane got me playing because the first (laughs) week I started there, you guys were all playing it and I wanted to fit in. So I started playing it. Yes. Did you fit in in the end? Do you feel like you fit in? I guess so. (laughs) And the magical creatures teacher in that app was a man. Was that Grubbly Plank? Okay. I am sorry to tell you that Professor Professor Kettleburn, our care of magical creatures teacher, retired at the end of last year in order to enjoy more time with his remaining limbs. Okay. Which is definitely a jerk off joke. Um, (laughs) I think, isn't Hogwarts Mystery set before the events of Harry Potter? Yeah. So I thought Grubbly... Isn't Grubbly Plank? Oh, you conflated the, the two. Are are they? The, so who is Grubbly Plank? I thought that was a teacher that retired. Just, she's just a sub. In my head, she lives in Hogsmeade and she like is retired. And she just helps out at Hogwarts. I don't know. Okay. I'm thinking, <laughs> well, I just want to know more about her. Who is this woman? Okay. I mean, you know? with the name like Grubbly Plank, you gotta you got to want to know more. Let's break it down because Grubbly Dash Plank, to me, to my mind, means that her birth name was just Grubbly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, I was thinking that's her married name. Well, oh, her first name is Wilhelmina. Wait, so Grubbly would be her maiden name and Plank would be her husband's name. Unless, unless... She her parents also had hyphenated names, which I really don't think is that common. Yeah, uh, uh, for the time period of these for books, the time. I don't think. Yeah, not not our not our jam there. Uh, so I her name was Will, Willie. Gr- <coughs> <laughs> she uh, please tell me she went by Willie Grubbly for most of her life. Yes, <laughs> I love it. 
I also love Grubbly Plank. She's like a hard ass like McGonagall, but she's like very down to earth like yes. Sprout. See? You know, I want more of her. It just says, plank. yeah, just okay. Grubbly apparently, this plank. is our first introduction to her. I thought she was in. I thought she was like a background teacher in some of the previous books. Okay, all right, moving on. Really, this is the first time we meet her. She doesn't suck. Yeah, I mean, at in... least according to uh, the Harry Potter wiki, mm, um, I do trust them. She was first met by Harry <laughs> Potter's batch. That's really funny. That's a the weird wiki. way to say it. She was first yeah. met by Harry Potter's batch in 1994, taking over lessons when Professor Rubius Hagrid was in, unable to teach. Um, so she is just a substitute. Oh, oh, oh! She that was prisoner of Azkaban, was, right? Uh, wait, no, 94. That was Goblet of... When was Hagrid un- unable to teach? In 94. Okay, I guess that was... It is Prisoner of Azkaban, Prisoner- it is. When he's he's sad about um, Buckbeak, this I think, right? really interesting content. Just us doing <laughs> Harry Potter math. Harry Potter I'm, math, baby. I'm pretty sure they said somewhere, like a couple pages prior, that like he was still on his uh, summer mission for Dumbledore, or did I just imagine that? I'm That's what they're through. like speculating at this point. Okay. Yeah. Right. They're speculating at this point that like he just perhaps has not returned. Um, because the alternative is that he is perhaps He's like dead. dead. Yeah. Oh, um, they're like, we're uh, not gonna go there. Uh, right. And I never went there last episode at all. Um <laughs> so back to Umbridge. Quote Umbridge is wearing, quote, a fluffy pink cardigan. Nice cardigan, said Ron, smirking. I want to be really clear. I own that cardigan. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm confused about her wardrobe because she's wearing it over her robes. And like we've we've speculated multiple times on this podcast about what the robes are. If it's just like, is it like a uh you know what we'd see in the movies where they're wearing like normal clothes underneath and then they have the cloak over top of it? Is it you know, like a full outfit, you know, oh, and then man. like, what is how big is this cardigan that it can fit over like a flowing, you know, set of robes? None of none of the fan art saw fit to take this on. <laughs> and like, all I'm just imagining in my head is like wearing a graduation gown zipped up and then you put on like a cardigan over top of that. Awful, awful, awful. My cardigans are well, they would never allow that. Somebody drew beautiful. I'm going to share this. Paula Edith on DeviantArt drew a very lovely image of um, Umbridge and Trunchbull Ooh. <laughs> from Matilda. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, hold on. I'm going to send this in the chat. Wait, just kidding. I forgot that it doesn't let me upload files from my computer. You can only share from fucking OneDrive or whatever, which I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, none of the fan artists saw fit. They all just draw her wearing what she wears in the movie, pretty much. Um, no one put the cardigan outside of the room. They're robes, like, wait, yeah. oh, wait, this is impossible. It's funny, oh, though, because wait. I definitely, uh, now that you say it, I, I definitely second the graduation robe, you know, with the cardigan over it. That's that's what I'm going with. It's fashion. I, I, yeah, it's it's her vibes. I'm into it. When I googled Umbridge fan art, uh, Dolores from, oh my god, what's that movie everyone's obsessed with? You know the know. one? We don't no. talk about Bruno. Encanto? Encanto. Um, someone's, the, Sorry, the tag- that was the extremely white pronunciation. Encanto. Encanto. <laughs> um, yes, somebody 
got their tags confused and a picture of Dolores from Encanto came up. I love that. Amazing. <laughs> I As we speak, I'm just going to keep casually strolling to see. I'll see this person put the cardigan distinctly under the robes. Come on. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway. We, the, we don't like Umbridge. She happens to be pink. That doesn't mean that pink is inherently bad. <laughs> she okay. happens to be pink. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what's like funny about it is that you know in our minds like pink is for you know bubbly nice happy girls Keep saying, yeah like pink is things. good say more and- nice things about me <laughs> <laughs> and and you know like black is evil and I'm like all these right things now. i'm wearing pink right now <laughs> <laughs> i just think about like uh the juxtaposition Ooh, nice word there uh yeah, between yeah uh her and Snape, obviously we know, you know, Snape, mm-hmm. he, he's the real MVP. We know that, you know, but, uh, you know, he's always, you know, clad in his uh, black and looking all bums, you know, and uh, here's this literal demon in pink. So there we go. JK demon was on to something. Oh, my God. That's going to be the title of my next book. The sequels are pretty in pink. in pink. I love it. <laughs> Enter the first years and McGonagall with the sorting hat. The hat sings this song about how the school was founded and only divided did they ultimately fall. It's warning as fuck. Like, it's so warning. Oh, yeah. Hogwarts is in danger. I have warned you. Be friends. Stop fighting. (laughs) Yeah, stop fighting. And nearly headless Nick is like, oh, yeah, it's done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Casually. Oh. Also, I want to rewind just a a tad when they're entering the Great Hall and it's, you know, describing all the people and it's like, oh, Luna went over here and they say that they found a seat next to, I think they say like next to Neville and um, nearly headless Nick, the Gryffindor ghost. And I like that clarification because without the Gryffindor ghost, there's an implication that there's a child at Hogwarts named nearly headless Nick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i didn't pick up on that and i love that you're bringing it to my attention <laughs> obviously it's you know a little exposition drop for people who you know this yeah order of phoenix th- so this would have been like the longest it took for a for one of the books to come out right i think at this point like, yeah i think so um so people you know we're forgetting who the ghosts were and you know and gotta I remind them that- if you it, like a three word phrase is not like an exposition dump, like it's just, no, yeah, that's, that's how you very, do it. That's yeah, how you that's do it. Fine. You don't need, you don't need a paragraph about how Harry Potter is a very, special. you don't need all that. Just say Harry Potter, comma, a wizard. Right. I just found it amusing that like without that, <laughs> it's like, wow, what a mean nickname for whatever boy has a weirdly <laughs> shaped head. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. My, sorry, I'm eating Skittles now. <laughs> Moving on from the M and M's. Yeah, well, I gotta do chocolate and then chewy. My high school best friend David had some kind of like crazy infection. Ew, David! Was... Sorry, I had to. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is kind of gross. <laughs> but I'm he had some ready. crazy in- infection when he was a kid, and so like Ooh. as an adult, he has. It looks like somebody like slit his throat, and Ugh. it like healed, and it's like just from like a sickness he had. Well, that's what I imagine a human nearly headless David. <laughs> it's like that. Oh, um, man. One of those 
I forget what the name of the book was called, but it was like a, it was like scary short stories. And one of them is about the little girl is about the girl who has a ribbon oh, around her neck. Yes, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. The, the green, green ribbon. ribbon. Yeah. Yep. And and she like gets married and like goes throughout life. And her husband is like, why do you always have this ribbon on? And one day she takes it off and her head rolls off. <laughs> normal, normal marital problems. That's from um, Alvin Schwartz's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, the girl with the green ribbon. And I, there's this image of her that I think people would maybe recognize from like deep in their brain. Yes. I would definitely like without even being able to see, I think I know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, um, it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real creep show. Not fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they do the sorting and then they do the feast. It's like not very special. Nobody we know is getting sorted. Um like Harry didn't steal a car or faint or anything. Um, the boy so. who, uh, the son of the the couple who founded Abercrombie and Fitch. I uh, was about to comment <laughs> on that too. The first student is uh, Abercrombie. Yeah, um, yeah, that that shot right <laughs> out to me. <laughs> After the sorting, they feast. They're chatting. I, my note confused me. I wrote, they're chatting with nearly headless Nick about Discord, and my <laughs> iPad must have automatically capitalized Discord. I'm like, well, I, just I, lowercase Discord, like historical Discord. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Ron says something kind of dense. What does he even say? Or is his mouth just full? <laughs> it's both. Oh, he's at, it's, Nick said something about, like, I feel it in my very, he says something Bones? about blood, like, as, as sure as like the blood running through my veins and Ron Why says something like say that Ron says like, but you don't have any blood. You don't have any veins. <laughs> Wait a goddamn second. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get, get there first. <laughs> I'm looking for it as well. Oh, um, the noble blood that runs in my veins. What blood said Ron? Surely you still haven't got, it's a figure of speech. <laughs> he roasts that. Ghost and I <laughs> hashtag roast the ghost. Oh my god, roast that's our that newest ghost. segment. That's roast our newest that segment. Ghost. <laughs> um, I was I was enjoying the the roasting. I was like, damn, Ron, you are stupid, but I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, please check out in uh, April of 2025 my new podcast, roasting roast the ghost. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually, wouldn't you know it, already a podcast. (laughs) There's no such thing as a new idea. It's called The Ghost Roast Podcast. Spooky Spook Spooks coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina and Savannah, Georgia. Episodes released every Monday at midnight. And I haven't listened yet, but I will. I love it. I love this for them. Check it out, if you dare. The kind of society that nearly... Okay, well, first of all, he's had like 600 years to get over himself. But (laughs) the kind of society that nearly headless Nick came from, like, did really value like blood, blood, like the bloodlines, like in a different way than like magical pure bloodness. I mean, it it still comes down to like pure blood, but magical pure pure blood has magic in it. So it makes even (laughs) less sense. So it is probably very hard for him. I don't know. To like. I don't know, to have someone be like, what blood? You don't have any blood. And Nick's like, damn it, during my whole actual life, that was like the only thing that mattered was like my pure blood. Yeah, his honor, his blood. I get it. 
Uh, I, I do just want to uh, point out uh, just a little bit before the blood conversation, uh, mm-hmm. something that I have in my notes also about Ron. Um, nothing to do about the blood roasting, but I just mm-hmm. circled here um, Ron, from Ron, who was now eating roast potatoes with uh, almost indecent enthusiasm. Yep, indecent. I loved it. Uh, do you guys relatable? Think, yeah. Do you think uh, Hermione was looking at Ron eating those potatoes and she was like, yep, future husband into it? No, no. It says that she's, (laughs) I think it says specifically that Hermione has like a similar look of disgust or something. I think you're exactly right. She's like, "Mm, you're going to have to learn some table manners if you're ever going (laughs) to eat Oh, Hermione looked revolted. There we go. (laughs) Hermione looked revolted. (laughs) I love that (laughs) She, like, doesn't formally have feelings for him right now. They're both just annoyed with each other, and they don't necessarily know why. (laughs) Have you ever had a crush on someone, but then they eat bad? Yes. (laughs) Same. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's, like, the most unattractive thing. A big, big turnoff, yeah. Big turnoff. Be like, hmm, not sure I'm into you anymore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like this is making me like not want not want to see what else that ma- mouth can do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Ron makes n- nearly headless Nick leave. He goes off to sit with the Creevies. So I guess he's kind of desperate and trying to make a point. He's like, "I'll sit with anyone. I don't give a shit." <laughs> then it's time for Dumbledore's speech. He makes like some regular start of term announcements. Professor Grubbly Plank is to be officially permanently teaching care of magical creatures. No mention of Hagrid. Professor Umbridge is teaching defense against the dark arts. And then Dumbledore tries to carry on with his announcements, but Umbridge interrupts him. Can Mary Clay, can you do your impression of uh, Dolores Umbridge's interruption? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about you say no? (laughs) Oh, Danny, do you have one? Oh, Jeez, now, now I'm under pressure. I'm nervous. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Christina's not impressed. She doesn't like it. Fine. Fuck you. Well, well Danny didn't do it. <laughs> that, that was terrible. I just need to that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like... um. <clears throat> there we go. I think I did better. Oh, God, I really just want to dropkick her so hard. <laughs> I just want to curb stomp that bitch like she is just so annoying the passion the, I, I always want to say passion aggression it's passive aggression but like my brain well, like passion aggression yeah I, umbridge gives me some passion aggression all right i can't not read this and not picture Imelda Staunton from the movies I know. because she did probably it the most well cast person in the whole oh, so yeah, splendidly. <laughs> yeah. God, she's so good. She's so good in everything. If you've never seen her act in any other role, please go look her up. Y'all probably know that I'm doing um, my Age of Cage in 2022, watching all my Nick Cage movies this year. Um, I'm trying to decide who I'm going to do next year. I want it to be someone with fewer movies who is not a white man. <laughs> so I was very seriously considering Imelda Staunton for a minute there. But I think maybe someone with greater variety of roles. Jack Black. Because- <laughs> 
Uh, what did I just say? Uh, every, for some reason, <laughs> I every listening. time, for some reason, every time I say, white men. <laughs> I say not a white man, and then people just immediately recommend white men to me. I'm like, I get it. I love Jack Black. The problem with Jack Black is that his movies would all feel the same after a while, and I'm not trying to say that Nick Cage's movies don't feel that way. Do me, do me, do. When she does this little interruption, Dumbledore sits down right away and makes himself very attentive to whatever she's going to say. And I know that I talk a lot of shit about Dumbledore, but this is the kind of thing that I really admire about this guy. Like he has such endless patience um, and Mm. like dignity. This kind of move is very impressive to me. You know, on the inside, he's like, all right, let's hear what this bitch has to say. (laughs) I feel like he's just like, let's see where this is going to go. I feel like he's just so confident in his um, his teachers and his students. He's like, whatever yeah. she says, they're not going to like it. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. He's like, well, might as well get this over with. Like, <laughs> Yep. She does her speech. It's long. She's speaking to them all like they're children and they're really taken aback. Because I love the line that says um, uh, to see uh, like, I'm so excited to see such happy little faces looking back at me. And this is a great moment in the movie because it does a hard cut to the audience and it's just all the kids with blank faces staring up at her. <laughs> Harry oh actually God. comments on that. It's Yes. Harry glanced around. None of the faces he could see looked happy. On the contrary, <laughs> they all looked rather taken aback at being addressed as if they were five years old. <laughs> and like everyone starts talking, Cho Chang is like loudly animatedly chatting with her friends, which like um, I could never do that no matter who was talking. It feels so Luna Lovegood straight up takes out the quibbler and starts reading. <laughs> Good for her. Good for love her. Luna. The audacity. <laughs> I love it. Um, she's just like spewing ministry bullshit. And we we fucking hate the establishment here on the restricted section. Um, we don't like government interference in this kind of way. Um, we don't like uh, pedantic, like fake ass bullshit political talk. Like we don't like this. We don't want to hear that your stupid words that someone else wrote for you. You stupid indoctrinated bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, some key quotes, progress for progress, <clears throat> progress for progress's sake must be discouraged. Nailed it. I think she says that line in the movie, uh, in that cadence, um, old yes. habits must be retained. I, I know um, a line I, w- I quote all the time is, it's later when they're in the classroom with her, but she goes like, um, saying that like a certain dark wizard is at large once again. This is a lie. And then Harry goes, it's not a lie. I saw him. I fought him. And then she goes, detention, Potter. (laughs) For some reason, I quoted that part all the time. (laughs) I hate her. Um, This is, well, whatever, whatever. We'll get to that. We don't necessarily, at this point, like, the obviously, like, on the reread, your blood is boiling, like, no matter what, when she comes in. But, like, Reading this book for the first time and coming across her, you're just like, okay, what's this bitch up to? <laughs> like, what's what, what what's going on here? And like, well, kind of like how Hermione is, she's like, something's not right. Right. This Luckily, isn't good. we have Hermione to explain to us why this 
isn't good. Right. Rob's just still so focused on those potatoes. I'm just rereading it as we're chatting about it here. And the last couple of lines, like, this bitch loves her peas, preserving what ought to be preserved, perfecting what needs to be perfected, and pruning whatever we uh, whatever we find practices that ought to be prohibited. Well, that it's like that alliteration makes me feel like they had the minister's professional speech writer like write this for her. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck this so much. Um, we hates it. Anyway, time to go. Um, Ron and Hermione. <laughs> for a second, are- I thought that was you ending the episode. <laughs> yeah, the episode's time over. to go. <laughs> Ron and Hermione are prefects, so they need to show the little first years where the common room is. Um, and then Harry's like, oh, no, I'm alone and did again. We <laughs> notice the use of a word that she used to describe the that Ron says it like derogatorily. Yes, yes, yes. But she still wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That's something. I was just, I was today I was watching a Nicolas Cage movie from 2019 and he drops the R word and I was like Ooh. I was like oh man like I get that you're playing like a not very nice guy but like I feel like so many people should have known better it wasn't like this was like a throwaway line like you could have just not done the whole line you know yeah and like obviously this was written 15 years before primal starring Nicolas Cage, um, which was otherwise a very fun movie about a jaguar and an assassin who both escape on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. But yeah, she uses like the M word to describe the small stature of the first years, right? Is that perhaps the best way? Do people use that word? I don't personally, because I'm not in any kind of in group. It reminds me of um, a lot of Stefan bits on SNL uh on weekend update uh and then um one episode like in recent years that John Mulaney was hosting he came on as like his lawyer and corrected like Stefan and being like you're not supposed to use that word anymore you're supposed to say little person Hmm, and like that was like a you know, whatever. And then, of course, he goes on to continue the Stefan bit. Okay, anyway, that was a... a cut all that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that um, I try to get my students to not use that uh, word there, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So, and well, and Hermione's like, you can't call them that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no discourse about why that word is disrespectful to actual... I'm like, what is the word? Little, little person. <laughs> yeah, or little people. Yeah. Ron forgot that there is one of their responsibilities is to show the first years to their common room. And I just want to reiterate my very firm stance that making both Ron and Hermione prefects is putting a ton of emotional labor on Hermione to make mm, sure Ron performs his duty. It's a huge pain in the ass for Hermione. And it's a huge fucking pain in the ass for me to read, dude. <laughs> I know he didn't want to put... I know that we learn later that he didn't want to put that stress on Harry. But like, why not Dean? Put Dean seems Dean. perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. Dean can handle it. Dean won our vote. Hold on. Let me go pull this up real fast. Yes, um, I saw a, that. A yeah. Couple, 
A couple weeks ago, I posted. Oh my god, Twitter! A couple weeks ago, I posted a, a poll on the restricted section Twitter. Follow us at Restricted Pod. Um, let me see. Asking who you would have made the Gryffindor prefect. Um, it only allows for four options, so I didn't ask about Harry. We got twenty-five votes with eight percent. Well. <laughs> <clears throat> sorry, 0% to Seamus Finnegan. I would probably agree yeah. with that. I think we can all agree that he has a bit of an anger problem, which we will get to later in this chapter. Yes. 8% voted for Ron. Uh, 40% voted for Dean. And 52% voted for Neville. Um, and then Mott's voted for Faye Dunbar. <laughs> <laughs> who, as a reminder, is the Gryffindor who sh- uh, who is in Harry's year, who shows up exactly once and never, ever again. And the only image of her is, um, I guess, from like one of those awful uh, PlayStation games. She's like the most pixelated. <laughs> her eye is like oh, one I, lo- I like immediately know, like I, I see it in my head, you know? <laughs> oh, but this is actually, Daniel then commented that he clicked the wrong one and he meant Neville. So who knows? Oh, but that means Neville would have had an even higher percentage. So let's go Neville. Neville plus Hermione could have been a good team. She could have protected him a little bit from any... Uh, bullying he might have gotten from this assignment but I think he would have been a good team with Hermione and like he would have remembered his duty and taken it very seriously she wouldn't have had to do so much emotional labor for that yeah I think Neville would have been a great fit for this role honestly yeah we can't have him getting confident quite yet though oh he's not ready it's true yeah it has to be part of our hero's uh, arc that Neville gets confident he can't do it for himself Harry goes ahead, um, but he gets to the portrait lady without ever learning the new password. But it's okay because Neville comes up right behind him. The new password he'll definitely be able to remember because it's Mumbles Mumbles Honey. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Mumbles 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 Mumble Town. I just want to take a moment to, I'm assuming maybe like McGonagall, I guess, is the one who sets the password. And do you think she just like took pity on Neville (laughs) and was like, we're going to make his day. (laughs) Wait, wait. I know. I know. Um, McGonagall really pushed for Neville to get chosen as prefect because she wanted to give him the opportunity for character growth. But Tumbledore wouldn't allow it because he's he's just not. I don't know. That's my guess. Um, So then she was like, well, I'll give him this. Oh, who decides the common room passwords at Hogwarts? We don't know. What if it's just the portraits? <laughs> just like, well, Sir Cadigan that one time does like set, he changes the password all the time. All the time, yeah. The only password I think I can ever remember because it's not like they dwell on the passwords throughout the series, but you do pick up on a couple, you know, every couple of books or so. So I've, I've known that there's at least four out there, we'll say. But the only one I remember is Lemon Sherbert for Dumbledore's right, yep. office. Mm-hmm. Most important well, one. It's confusing because in Chamber of Secrets, maybe um, Harry goes to... Dumbledore's office door and starts screaming sweets at it. So like I yes. get confused about like what is actually one and which one he just like screamed. <laughs> oh. Mary Clay, I know you don't have pets, but it looks like there's a dog on the couch seat and a cat on the couch back behind you. 
You see no. what I mean? There's like a cat and Over a dog. There? No. Yeah. It's a oh, blanket I see and what a pillow. I was getting very afraid. I was like, someone's <laughs> in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. That's a cat. That's a fat cat napping. <laughs> that is a fat cat napping. Blanket and a pillow. I also see your switch. I'm just going to start naming things behind you. Shelf. Um, Happy Halloween. There's my switch. Oh, there's a plant there. I don't know what um, it is. But. That real plant is, I'm really trying to revive it. You um, need to I've put had it somewhere it. else if you're trying to revive it. That's I've had it. No, corner. it's a snake plant. It like does nothing. Like you don't like, <laughs> the, like except for, um, so I've had it for like three years now and it's, um, it's not looking good. Um, so I, Aww. what I really need to do is I need to repot it, clean up the roots, give it some fresh soil, but I just like haven't gotten around to that. It's so a huge I just, pain in the ass. I hope, yeah. Um, this is. I can't keep snake plants alive. My gallery wall. I can't keep any beautiful. plants alive. I really can't either, Danny. That's the my like Hufflepuff shame, is that I can't keep plants alive very good. The only reason my cats are alive is because like they make noises and such. <laughs> they stomp on me when they they're scream hungry. at you. Yeah, well, it's funny that you say that because it's frankly shocking that my cats are alive because they eat all of my plants, even the ones that are cactuses. Poisonous. Oh no, poisonous cactuses. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, that's fine. He just barfs it back up and then goes on his way. There we Obviously, go. Obviously, just Dante. None of the other, none of the girls eat anything. Precious Dante. Dante. Dante's like, ew, water. I'd rather die. Ew, food. I'm fine, thanks. Oh, a cactus. Yeah, I want that. <laughs> Fucking cats, dude. So Harry goes up to the dormitory and like, everyone just brace yourself because this is a little rough. <laughs> Um, he goes up to the dormitory and Seamus and Dean are there and they stop talking as soon as he walks in, which is something that he like keeps experiencing. He like keeps experiencing the sensation of knowing that someone was just talking about him. He knew on some level that people would be talking about him when he got back to Hogwarts um, after the shock of the end of his fourth year. But it's totally different, I guess, to have it happening right to your face, especially with Dean and Seamus. Like that feels bad. Yeah, they're bros. It's not a pleasant scene to read, you know? Yeah, and as the scene plays out, Harry reflects that he always really liked Seamus. What's that TikTok sound of, it's like, oh, that's Melanie. That's a shame I really liked her. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. It's, it's like, <laughs> okay, well, I'll find it and I'll, and I'll, send, it, I'll send it to you. Oh, no. It's Melanie. That's a shame. She was really nice. Dean, whom I love, is like, good summer, Harry. And Harry, I, I'm trying to like, Harry's like, oh, whatever, whatever. Uh, how's yours? And Dean's like, uh, better than Seamus is. And I'm trying to figure out if Dean was like, you should, before Harry came in the room, if Dean was like, you should talk to him about it. And Seamus was like, no, I just want to be pissed. So Dean's like, here, I'm going to make you talk about it. Or if this just, like, happened. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and it reads, yeah, it was okay, chuckled Dean. I don't want to read too much into the chuckle, but the chuckle kind of makes me think that it was, you know, uh, like uh, he was kind of poking fun at the situation, trying to get a rise out of it. But also, that's not really the Dean that we know, so I don't know. Yeah, well, okay, and here's the thing. So Seamus and Dean are best friends. Yeah. And Seamus is has a notoriously hot temper. I would 
say like about as hot as Ron's temper. Like well, you were really gonna say has a notoriously are. hot mom. He's like, well, amazing. She is a redhead. <laughs> so here's what you don't do if you're friends with someone with a really hot temper who is mad. What you mm-hmm. don't do is laugh. Yeah. Like Dean and Seamus would not be friends if Dean laughed when Seamus was mad. Mm-hmm. So I almost think this is like a nervous chuckle or like, or, or that Dean is like, why the fuck are you asking about my summer, man? I know how your summer has been. Like, come on. <laughs> I live with muggles. Like, I, I think that Dean is just feeling awkward more than anything. Yeah, I think it was a, yeah, like maybe trying to like diffuse some tension, just not trying to start anything because he knows that Seamus is about to start some stuff. Yeah, Danny, have you ever laughed in a heated argument or had someone laugh at you in a heated argument? Yes. And I'm also famous for especially when I was um, on phone sales, when people like when there was like a long pause, I would just let, let out a little huh, like. Oh, this is fine. This is not me panicking. Just fill in the air. Yeah, just a little. (laughs) I get it. Mary Clay, what about you? Have you ever laughed or had someone laugh at you during an argument? No, but I've definitely like laughed at inappropriate times. Like, just out of like Mm. nerves or (laughs) I, okay. I remember eighth grade or ninth grade maybe I don't know something was going on at our church where they were screening this documentary about like child soldiers in Africa and they were like telling us in Sunday school that this was going to be happening like later that night and and I just started laughing (laughs) and because I thought of something fun like I wasn't truly paying attention and then I just kind of thought of something funny and then I just started laughing and my like Sunday school teacher was like What's wrong with you? Oh, like no. we're talking about child soldiers. Why are you laughing? And then I was like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Started... That's then, rough. Yeah. 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 So That's pretty funny. I mean, oh. that's hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's fun like it's funny to me too in hindsight, but just like I don't know why, but I just started laughing when someone was talking about child soldiers. <laughs> it yeah. had nothing to do with the child soldiers. I was just thinking of something else. And then I started laughing. When I was in college, I took a class called The American Drama with Dr. Vincelette, who was a wonderful teacher. The The American Drama in question was um, 20th century American plays. And like, I would say that like 50% of the plays that we read had like babies dying. Um, there was like some incest, like none of it was good. good. It was the American drama. And we used to be like reading aloud in class and we would all just be laughing and she would be like, why are we laughing? And we'd be like, it's so uncomfortable. Because a baby died. Like, why would you not laugh? I've definitely viciously laughed like in an argument. I'm sure I've been laughed at as well. Well, (laughs) Sean has like a panic chuckle, which is like very unfortunate for him. Oh, no. (laughs) He's like, "Uh Um, kind of like Dean in this scene. <laughs> By the way, um, the the hoarding the the hoarding sat. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> the Are you drunk from your hat. punch? Are you punch drunk? <laughs> this hoarding hat song of this book is also where this idea that like oh Hufflepuffs are just like where you go where you don't belong. Yes. <laughs> this is like this. Sorting Hat song is what like started that idea because it says like 
And Hufflepuff said, I'll take the rest. (laughs) And like, that was it. Like, it was truly, it was like uh, Slytherin wanted to teach the purest of blood. Ravenclaw wanted to teach the smartest. Gryffindor wanted to teach the bravest. And Hufflepuff wanted to teach anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Good Good for them. Everyone deserves it. So speaking of a vicious rage problem... Um, <laughs> Seamus is shares that his mom did not want him to come back to Hogwarts because of Harry, because she believes the Daily Prophet when it says that Dumbledore is old and Harry is a liar. And this is wild to me that Seamus is like siding with his mom here, because if I was 15 and my mom was coming at one of my friends, no. Like, no, I will never side with my mom over my friends. I don't know. It depends. Like, what, like, what, how do you feel as the, like, fourth most favorite Gryffindor behind Harry? You know, like, you're in Harry's class and he's doing all this shit and every, like you can never have a normal fucking school year because of (laughs) Harry Potter. And then fine. And then like all this stuff is coming out. That's like, he's kind of, he's a liar and blah. And then your mom is saying, yeah, this is true. And you, and maybe some of that, that resentment comes bubbling up and is like, you know what? Maybe you are right. Harry Potter is kind of a little shit. That no good, <sighs> dirty, rotten Harry Potter. Uh, did anyone else read uh, his comment in his voice from the movie? Me mom didn't want me to come back. That was a terrible <laughs> impression. That was a I bit tried. like Shrekian. Yeah, I do love Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a puzzle right now that's just movies, and like the the very first thing I got was Shrek because it's he just stands out so much. I was like, let me get all these bright green pieces. <laughs> None of them know how to communicate properly. They're all just full of rage. Um, They don't know what to do. Except Dean and Neville, not full of rage. And weirdly, right now, Ron is... Well, he's not here yet, but he's also not yet full of rage. They're all just angry in their little PJs, and it's real cute. Yeah, they're cute little PJs. I'm going to get into bed, grumpy. Um, So Harry is getting into bed when Seamus asks what really happened with Cedric at the end of the third task. And... I think Harry goes wrong here because he's like, well, fuck you and fuck your mom, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have these two angry, angsty boys in one room. and they need a mediator. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think... Did Ron walk in at this point? Because, like, that, it would have been helpful for Ron to be here at this point because I think that is a fair... That's a very fair question for teenagers... Who like the like Harry as he's like walking from dinner to the common room and he's thinking about it. He's like, well, it is kind of weird. Like when you think about it from an outside perspective, like the last time these kids saw me, I was lying on the field with our dead classmate and then they didn't see me for several months. And then that thought just leaves his brain completely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like it's very natural and normal for these kids to be like. No one is like, think about how frustrated Harry's been so far in Order of the Phoenix, just being like, why is no one telling me anything? And so for them to like have the first 
you know, the first hand source right in front of them and be like, so what happened? Yes. It would be a great opportunity for Harry to be like, yeah, Voldemort came back. He was a gremlin baby. And <laughs> uh, so if I were if so, Harry is feeling mad, right? So like me, I am. 31, and as I mentioned, I've been through a pretty serious emotional journey with my anger problem. So I today would probably say, you know what, dude, that's a really good question. If I was you, I'd be wondering it too, but I'm I'm not feeling really comfortable right now. I'm really tired. I'm feeling a little defensive because of this conversation. So I would l- I'd be happy to tell you, but can we do this like another day? I kind of just want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to answer him, but what he shouldn't do is say, well, you and your fucking mom can read about the <laughs> yeah. day fucking prophet, you bitch. Well, you know what? <laughs> your mom is vol- like, like, I feel like it's this conversation. You read the daily prophet. Yeah. Mm. Like, I feel like this conversation is just one big, like your mom, your mom. Well, and then Ron comes in Ron comes in, and Ron's like, what's happening? And Seamus is like, he's having a go at my mom, which first of all, no, he is not really having a go at Seamus's mom. He's only saying what Seamus has already said. And two, it's very cute when Ron is weakly like, what? Uh, he's like, no, are, your mom's you nice. Doing? I don't think he would do that. She gave he's us those like, cookies <laughs> that one time. <laughs> Reading the scene for me was almost like a like an an over dramatized comedy that I I can't think of an example right now. But especially towards the end of it, when they're all screaming, "That's out of order! Out of order! You're out of order!" It's just it's it's a really funny scene when you take a look at it. Just bunch of angsty little boys angry in their PJs screaming you're out of order at each other I love it the first thing that comes <laughs> to mind is in Rocky Horror Picture Show when they're like Brad Janet Brad Janet yes. back and forth <laughs> <laughs> love Rocky Horror Picture Show Donkey. <laughs> Ron kind of defends Harry that's out of order he says which is a phrase that I love I love that phrase that's out of order Ron is like I'm a fucking prefect and you can't talk to him like this. <laughs> and yeah, he pulls out that. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plays the prefect card, which is, I would say, also wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not a good way to, like, keep equitable friendships with your friends, right? Hey, I'm a prefect. Fuck around and find out. You know? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Um, a couple years ago, one of my friends became a cop and he stopped being allowed to come to parties at my house. You oh, know? no. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I would do if my friend became a prefect. You can't hang anymore. Um, speaking of hanging, <laughs> Seamus is so mad he rips his bed curtain hangings this? off their, <laughs> off their little <laughs> shower curtain things. See, that's what <laughs> makes me laugh at any point. I think it happens like several times in this book. Um, but like I know it happens in Prisoner of Azkaban when Harry learns that Sirius Black is his godfather and he like storms back up to his room and he gets in bed and he like slams the curtains closed <laughs> and it just makes me laugh <laughs> so hard because it's like like they you know they don't have their own rooms they can't like go and have any form of privacy they can't slam a door and so the idea that like I'm mad at you and I'm gonna slam this curtain in between us and that's gonna like make you stop talking to me. Whereas like like you can still hear 
all of the conversation happening in the room and people can still talk to you. And I bet you they could still they could even like see your outline moving <laughs> behind the little bed curtains. Like the the idea and the use of like dramatically like closing shut the bed curtains just cracks me up. Very dumb. It's like Wizard trying to school. slam a door, but it's like a swinging door and it doesn't yes. slam. <laughs> oh my God. There was a TikTok of these two guys um, at a dorm room and the dorm has those like soft closing doors. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and so it's like, and get out. And he slams the door and then it like slams shut really fast. But then the last second it slows down <laughs> to do like the soft closing. <laughs> Oh. Dean is like, "Hey, man, don't worry about me. My parents are muggles. I don't, I don't really care about this that much. Like, I'm just glad to be with my friends. He's like, I'm just glad to be here. All my friends that are fighting. And then Neville is like, my grandma says that <laughs> Harry Potter is right, and the Daily Prophet is bullshit, and we're Team Dumbledore for life. And um, I'm Harry's best friend." So that is what I came to say. I rehearsed that on the train because I was nervous. <laughs> oh. Like, that's good. It This is like sort of the beginning. I think of Neville showing his true strengths as a person, you know, yeah. and why he, why he really does belong in Gryffindor. He, Neville is very, well, not in this community, obviously, but in the in the series overall, he's just so underrated, and he's just such a beautiful, you know, loyal little grandma's boy, and I love him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love that throughout the conversation, he's just been, like, nervously, like, fidgeting with the plant, and, like, I can imagine. About what he's gonna say. He's literally, like, thinking about what he could possibly like, say. Like, I can just imagine him, like, trying to set it in the windowsill and being, like, is this where it's gonna get the best light, or should I put it over here? Like, what? Like anything I can do to not <laughs> respond to anyone right now <laughs> or get yelled at by Harry. I think that's the other thing, is he's, like, I don't want to piss Harry off, so I'm not going to say anything right now. I'm just yes. going to play with my cactus. <laughs> it is a very awkward feeling when your friend that you are not mad at or beefing with is mad by themselves and you are, are like, oh, I don't, I'm scared to talk to you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like when that friend is being like unreasonable in that moment, you know, like. It, there should there's no like defending Harry just like blowing up at them like there's a reason behind it sure but it doesn't excuse it we've already talked about like what he should have done and like right this was not a, a good moment for Harry and so like when your friend is acting you know like irresponsibly or something and you're like kind of handle that situation a little better but also I'm your friend so I'm not gonna say that and I think it's important to note for the listeners that in the, the book, Seamus in the beginning is quite calm. Um, I keep talking about his anger, but he starts this conversation out, I think, trying very hard to be level about it. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he gets mad immediately. He's like, well, my fucking mom says you're a bitch or like whatever. Like, but like in, in the book, it, it escalates. <laughs> Me dad's he, a muggle. Really... Mom's, mom's a witch. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a nasty shock for him when he found out. <laughs> so don't fall victim to the movie memory. Uh, Seamus is not the one who comes in super hot right away in this scene. 
You're right. I mean, it reads that uh, Seamus, I believe he started trying to avoid eye contact. He had his back to Harry, if I remember correctly. He was putting up some Quidditch posters, and then he was just kind of talking to the room, trying to avoid Harry's gaze. And then Harry was the one who was like, yeah, fuck around and find out. And it got real. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Harry. Yep, exactly. Harry mm. escalated. <laughs> He's good at that. Wow. Especially in this book, huh? <laughs> He's just a little troublemaker and I love it. So I guess they just like fucking go to sleep after this. Like, yeah, I remember, just, like so I remember, awkward. I know. I remember Neville gazing at his cactus in the moonlight. <laughs> his moonlit cactus. <laughs> Beautiful. It's awkward enough to go to bed mad at my husband, whom I love and am committed to every day. But like <laughs> people you're not like intimately connected with, like that is yeah. quite awkward. And again, they're all in this tiny little room with nothing but their little bed curtains to separate <laughs> them. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I would it's be not- like if if I was in this altercation, I would I would like be so nervous that I was going to like snore or something embarrassing overnight and make me look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like you can't fart in that room. You can't oh. fart? Oh yeah. In There's this moment, not a sound no one can these fart. boys are riled up right now. Wait, but that's what Dean or, or Ron or Neville, somebody just should have, Ron, come on, just should have ripped Farted a giant to fart. the tension. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's the end of the chapter. Danny, is there anything that we missed that you want to go back to? Anything you want to sort of uh, reiterate before we wrap it up here? Um, I don't think so. I would just like to, again, draw attention mostly because I find it hysterical to the fact that Ron was indecently eating potatoes earlier <laughs> in this chapter. If there was ever, you know, if we had, in my opinion, if we had to encompass ron as a character in just a couple of sentences i would definitely directly quote you know indecently eating potatoes right um, with ron that's that shows there's a lot of character there and um i'm into it and potatoes well, I th- exactly i think we can all relate to indecently eating potatoes oh 100 specifically yeah. yeah chips fries just mm. actual potatoes oh yeah Boy, all Mary Clay- stick them in a stew. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Clay, is there anything that you wanted to circle back to or anything we missed? Um, I don't think so. Um, y'all probably talked about her a lot in the previous chapter, but I was just excited. I like I, I kind of couldn't remember exactly like where this chapter picked up. So I was very pleasantly surprised that it opened with them still in the carriage with Luna Lovegood. Yeah. And um, oh, that moment when she's like, oh, Hagrid was a terrible teacher. And defensively, I think it's like Neville, Ron and Harry are all like, no. And um, and then her and then they all look at Hermione and she like didn't say anything. And then she's like, um, I mean, yeah, H- Hagrid's a pretty good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember reading that. Yes, that was good. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then like Ron continues like being mean at her. And it says something like, 
Luna didn't seem to notice that Ron was annoyed with her and just watched him like he he was an interesting TV show. <laughs> Good old Luna. <laughs> just I know, love her. I love her. She doesn't uh, give a so, shit, dude. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the uh, the books, um, but I do just want to point out before we end this episode, uh, shout out to my nephew, Tyler. He's 13 and uh, he has read the Harry Potter series. I've actually talked about him on this podcast a couple of times. And uh, my birthday was October 20th, you know, uh, so uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he wanted to make me a birthday cake. So he did his version of Hagrid's uh, birthday cake to Harry with the pink Aww. frosting and misspelling uh, happy and birthday. Uh, so <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. There's pictures of it on my, <laughs> thank you. There's pictures of it on my Facebook. If you want to see it. <laughs> Are you a Scorpio? No, no. Uh, I'm just at the cutoff. You're Libra. Yeah. Me and my okay. indecisiveness. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I panicked. There's so many Scorpios in the world. Please stop making Scorpios. You're stop. right. We have an epidemic, and um, it needs to stop. I'm just kidding. Anyway, happy late birthday, Haley. We love you. <laughs> cool. Let's move on to plugs. Yeah. Danny, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? Uh, yeah, they could find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is ddcrisanti. Uh, you could also, I know my last name's kind of a pain. I'm not going to spell it out. Uh, you could also, gonna like it. There we go. Uh, you could also find me on Facebook if you're so interested. Uh, I'm there. Yeah. Hell yeah. And what have you been watching, reading, playing, listening to, experiencing, <laughs> fighting yeah. for recently oh. that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy? Yeah. Um. So I'm reading two books right now. Both are kind of rereads. Uh, well, not kind of, they are. I recently moved. So of course I had to unpack my books, which made me go through all my books and go, oh, I should read this again. Uh, <laughs> so right now I'm rereading a collection of poems called The Captain Asks for a Show of Hands by Nick huh. Flynn, which is very good. And um, I'm also reading The Things That They Carried by Tim O'Brien because, you know, two oh, very, yeah. very different uh, books here. Um, and that's what I'm all about lately. I've also been listening to a lot of the band, the 1975s. If you don't know them, mm. check them out. Oh, yeah, do They're they have a new great. album? They do, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's good cool. stuff. Oh, yeah. So That's check awesome, them man. out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Mary Clay. If people just on the off chance people have no idea what you Yeah, do. who's this <laughs> annoying girl who keeps coming back <laughs> on the show? Where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can listen to my podcast. That's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday. We have just wrapped up the Rings of Power coverage. I was um, there. Yes, yes. Well, I had an additional wrap up. No, I know, but I was there. But you were there for the finale. Don't you worry. I was about to say, if you (laughs) want to, you can go listen to the episode on um, episode eight, where I had Christina and Alex and Jason on. And that, and we like editing it. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like I just screamed the whole time. We're all so intense. The whole it was time. bad. It was bad. 
Um, it's a really good episode. Don't come on, Mary. Clay. I mean, it's oh, a really it was great. It was great. It was great. You should give it. It was a great. <laughs> and I mean, like, I edited it to be a good episode, <laughs> but like, we right, were screaming. Yep. Jason was very passionate about a lot of things, which is great um, because it's hard to get him really going about stuff. You oh, know? he was really going. <laughs> he, he was, was going. really going. <laughs> oh, he was going. <laughs> and then, like, I like it was matching my energy to so just a lot of the anyway. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, it's a little late now, but if you're, you know, still in a spooky mood, I watched the first two episodes of, it's on Netflix, it's Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes! Oh, yeah. I've also watched the first two episodes. They're very <laughs> good. Yeah, they're very good, but they're also very, it's very, they're not, I mean, there are, like, some jump scares in them, right. but, like, they are, like, I think quintessentially like horror stories. Like yes. they, they are very much like horror. So if you like that genre, I think you'll really enjoy this. And like to the point I was, it's not that it scared me. It's that it really unsettled me. Um, Danny, that second episode with the, the grave robber oh, and the rats. Yeah. I actually those... keep getting into specifics. Yeah, those that's little the tunnels. one I mm. couldn't. Mm. I, I was like, I was like, okay, I think it's time for a palate cleanser. But I had I, I was watching so many spooky things. I was like, I'm in between like I have a bunch of spooky shows, true crime documentaries, uh-huh. yep. like all this stuff going on. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I don't have anything that's a palate cleanser right now. That's what Bob's Burgers is for. I was just about to say my go-to is Bob's Burgers, and I turned off the second episode and actually went to the newest season of Bob's Burgers. If you're not Mm. watching it, you should definitely check that out. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's great. Um, Their (laughs) Halloween episode was really good, too. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me, and I'm going to plug this week. I genuinely... I can't remember if I plugged this last week too, but I'm just gonna hit hit it again. Um, maybe I didn't. I, I lately I've been playing this game called Cozy Grove. It's basically like Animal Crossings, That's but so like cute. it's really cute. All of the villagers are ghosts, but like not scary ghosts. They're like bears. Just bears a cute made out of ghost. corn. There's like a mayor bear ghost, and like oh. they just make you do tasks for them. <laughs> Hashtag roast the ghost. Roast the ghost. Yes. Hashtag roast the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for joining us for the Sorting Hats new song, etc. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. It's awesome as always to be a part of the uh, restricted section crew. I love coming on and chatting with you guys. Yeah, and we love having you and the listeners love you too. And if we don't see you again before Deathly Hallows, we'll definitely see you again for Deathly Hallows. <laughs> Perfect. I look forward to it. And Mary Clay, as always, thank you for being my co-ghost roaster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. Um, trademarking that term, you owe me a million dollars. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. 
We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. What would you do if there was a terrifying prophecy about you? Or you had to go on a perilous quest to save a friend. Or everything you loved was in danger and the world was about to end. Whoa, uh, slow down, Charlie. You know what to do when all that crazy stuff happens, right? Call Ghostbusters? No, (laughs) you listen to Of the Eldest Gods. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Sorry, Ray. Uh, Y'all can listen to our podcast about the Rick Riordan books. (laughs) We'll cover each chapter and talk about some of the fucked up mythological content Context. And we'll probably get cursed by Zeus. Let's know. hope that doesn't happen this season. Catch Oteg on all your podcast platforms. And eat some blue food while you listen. Wish us luck while we survive the apocalypse. Charlie. What? Amazing. Dave X Media.